the 2023 NFL franchise tag has shaken up the fantasy football landscape. What matters and what's bullshit? We're going to tell you all this and more on tonight's In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never replayed. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do. I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It's got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is March 7th, 2023. The In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast is back here with you. The NFL world has been set on fire over the last 48 to 72 hours. Franchise tags, quarterback movement, and alleged legal trouble. We'll certainly chat about all that tonight on the show, how it affects your fantasy football leagues. My name's Seth Wilcock. I'm back here with you, leading the way, joined by one of our usual suspects of the program, Scott Rainier, out there in, in Seattle. And no Nate Polvote tonight, using up that PTO, feeling a little under the weather. But we are joined by a man who his Italian blood bleeds the red and blue of the New York Giants and whose company is absolutely crushing the internet game right now, Jay Felicio. Jay, how are you tonight, my man? Welcome to the program. Thank you guys for having me. You know, anytime we can get rid of one Red Sox fan and replace him with a Yankees fan, I think it's it's a positive move. So it's a net positive. Um, Nate, if you're watching, I love you. Hope you feel better, buddy. I wanna... Thank you guys for having me. I, uh, I you know, I love anytime I can hang out with you guys. It's always a great time. I want to talk more about this paid time off you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> it is in reserve right now. You'll have to take up with HR. That's our guy, Kyle, in the back end. He's an audio engineer, and he's also our HR manager. So, Kyle, how are you doing tonight? We appreciate you being here with us as well, buddy. I'm good, Scott. You're going to have to schedule that PTO at least 48 months in advance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, this is the time to not be absent from the show because so much has happened. Tonight, we're going to talk franchise tags. What does this mean for Lamar Jackson, other players involved, the other news around the NFL in mind? We're going to talk Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. What should we be bearing in mind and what is bullshit? We're going to tell you that. And then we're going to round it out with rave rookie reviews. Anthony Richardson took over the NFL Combine. Can he take over fantasy football leagues? Talk about Jamar Gibbs as well. And then we're going to review Morgan Wallen's new album right at the end as well. Super excited to talk to you guys about that. I do want to welcome in the in-between media family here. Looks like we got Brad. He's already back here. He's ready to to switch out Nate for uh for a good Yankees fan. And Jay, we got Albert in the chat. Good evening, IBT. Good evening to you, Albert. Appreciate you joining us as always. And guys, before we jump in, I just want to remind you we do have our Keyshawn Nixon autograph Packer salute to service helmet giveaway. 
It's over on the website. We've got to hit 400 subscribers, and we're going to give that away. But you have to subscribe right now. Everyone, nobody is enrolled yet. You have to fill out the form on the website. I want one of you guys to win this. Jay, Brad, Albert, Didi, someone who's in the chat here regularly. I would love to see you guys walk away with this helmet, but you have to go over to the website. Uh, Kyle, if we have that link in, if you can drop that in the chat for them, show them where they can sign up for that. Uh, enroll over there, guys, because right now, Kyle, you're the leader in the ballpark. If no one else uh, enters this thing, looks like you're walking away with this signed helmet, bud. Hey, go pack, go. I can't wait. <laughs> Guys, please prevent it from Kyle getting it. That's all well, I ask. I'll you. at least be in there. So it's going it, to, at worst case, it's 50 50. So there we go. There we go. Pack, Kyle is a Packers fan. So uh, yeah, no, sure. no, uh, no misery spared to him in this uh, great time of need. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into it, though, with front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. I, I do want to address this comment before we get going here. Brad saying he can't sign up because he doesn't have Facebook. Liking our page on Facebook is one of the requirements, but it's no worries. If you guys don't have one of the platforms, just enroll anyways. I, I, you can hit the button anyways. Does not make me uh, any more upset about it. So let's talk about franchise tags here, guys. Ravens, they place a non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson. $32 million coming Mr. Jackson's way if he signs it. However, any team can offer two first-round picks and negotiate a deal, giving the Ravens an opportunity to match. Multiple teams already, though, Falcons, Raiders, they've already come out here, Jay. They've said, no thanks, we're good on Lamar Jackson. Does that make sense to you? What's your overall uh, takeaway for this? And do you think things can only get better for Lamar Jackson if he does exit the Baltimore Ravens? I think he's going to wind up back with the Baltimore Ravens. I think the, the Ravens are calling Lamar Jackson's bluff. Um, I think they're going to let him go see what he can get out there. I don't think there's any team that's going to give him what he's wanting. Um, the Browns kind of broke the quarterback market last year with a fully guaranteed contract for Deshaun Watson. Um, I don't believe for a second all these teams, especially ones that don't have quarterbacks, are out. I think they're all playing the game. You know, there's some rumors talking about that maybe they're, the owners are colluding against uh, Lamar Jackson to try to bring down the quarterback contracts again. I'd like I'm I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to say that that's the case. Um, okay. I think that the Ravens are just willing to let Lamar test the market. I mean, they're able to match any offer that he gets, and if somebody does just go absolutely nuts, they're not going to lose him for anything. They're going to get two first round picks. So I think it was a really smart. Uh, moved by the Ravens, who traditionally has been a really well-run franchise. Um, when it's all said and done, I do still think Lamar Jackson winds up back with the Ravens. Okay, so Scott, Jay's telling us just hit the pause button a little bit. Don't overreact here. 
but it's hard not to when it seems like it's kind of burning down at the core in Baltimore. Rashad Bateman had some very choice words for the organization over Twitter over the weekend, and then they fired their strength and conditioning co coach after uh, those surveys leaked where the Ravens did terrible in, in that aspect of the grades. Scott, are you panicking at all? Are you thinking Lamar Jackson is on the move? Um, I mean, I, I kind of I agree with Jay in that I, I lean towards no, um, but this was one of the only paths for him to leave. I mean, we talked two weeks ago, we talked about this potential. And I remember we were like, no, nah, it will, it'll be the exclusive. It'll definitely be right. the exclusive tag. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's risky to go non-exclusive. I mean, there's the pros and cons for the Ravens. I mean, they could lose him, but I agree that it's, I think it's a worthwhile, I mean, it's forget for a second. That's a little bit of a slap in the face to Lamar. Like, Hey, we're calling your bluff. Like, we're going to give you 32 I mean, million. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's only been two other yeah. quarterbacks that have ever been franchised that also won an NFL MVP. And that was Steve Young and Peyton Manning. The only other two. And they both signed long-term deals. They didn't play under the tag. So, um, but I do, the reason I agree is I think it's a lot to give up, you know, what he want, what he's going to want. And then the two, do the two first round picks are very expensive. So I think that's the gamble that the Ravens are taking. Um, and, you know, with that gamble, the franchise amount is much less than the exclusive tag. I mean, they still have some work to do because, you know, this, this 20, 32 million that now hits their cap, they have until the 15th to get under the cap because they're now 9 million over the cap. Um, so they're probably going to have to make some moves surrounding it, but they have until July to reach a long-term deal. All these franchise tags have until about mid-July um, before it becomes set in stone. That's if the player signs the tender and, and, accepts the franchise i think if he is moved i'm just throwing out if if he is moved like i think it could only probably be a positive wherever he goes i think he could get better weapons right now it's rashad bateman it's mark andrews that's pretty much it they have on this roster to work with in the receiving department but we can chat about that more here in the coming days i think right now though in dynasty leagues we're sitting pat if we have lamar jackson in some of these best balls Jay, are you targeting them all in your underdog best balls or any of those other platforms you might be using, or are you staying clear away until this situation is resolved? He's going to play next year. I mean, it would take an extreme circumstance for him to, you know, if if he wants to dig his heels in the sand and not sign this deal, uh, not sign the franchise tag if nobody goes out and um, offers him a big contract, I'm buying the dip. Lamar Jackson is in the top echelon of quarterbacks, especially for fantasy purposes with what he can do uh, through the air and with his legs. So, yeah, I'm I'm buying the dip on Lamar all day, every day. All right. Jay is buying the dip. If you couldn't tell, I, I kind of like Lamar Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer in the chat, she's not buying it. She doesn't think that Lamar Jackson will sign that, that franchise tender. However, like Scott mentioned, they do have until the summer to work out a long-term deal. More franchise tag news over the over today was Tony Pollard franchise by Dallas. Mike McCarthy came out last week at the Combine saying that he wants to run the ball and that he's not worried about giving up Kellen Moore in that production because he wants to win ball games. And apparently having the number two scoring offense in the league isn't good enough for him. Scott, what did you think about this ridiculous comment from Mike McCarthy in addition to uh, Tony Pollard back in the fold once again uh, down there in Big D? Oh, I'm never surprised by a ridiculous comment from McCarthy. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, this is, I mean, this is good for Pollard again. They have, they have time to work out a deal, but I mean, the, it's set at 10.1 million guaranteed for this year with Dallas, even after his brutal injury. 
Um, so that's a, that's a, that's a nice prey. That's a nice, that's a nice take home pay for a running back. Um, likely spells the end of Dalton Schultz in Dallas. I would say that's what yes. they franchised last yes. year. They had the option of franchising him again this year, but the second year, if you do it for a second year, would have had that hit at 13 million for Schultz. So it didn't make sense to go that direction this year. So he's likely on the move. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't really know where the Cowboys and Pollard are, are as far as, you know, where their camps are about signing a long-term deal. It's a little tricky with running backs, you know, certainly um, they don't command as much, as much value or are seen as, as, as much long-term investments as they might, as they once were. Um, but in the, in the near term, I mean, Pollard had great success with the Cowboys last year. And as long as he heals from his injuries, I mean, I like it. Jay, where are you drafting? Let's assume Zeke stays put here. We got Jen and a couple other people in the chat saying he is toast. With that being said, if Zeke stays put and he's the RB1, RB2 on this team, where are you drafting Pollard and Zeke in redrafts this year? I won't be touching Zeke. Um, and I was okay. trying to to fade Zeke as much as I could last year because um, I saw the writing on the wall. He was saved pretty much by his touchdown production last year, and that's really the only way that I can see him returning any sort of value this year is being the goal line back. Um, Zeke, you know, was – He's been one of the best backs in the league since he's been drafted, uh, but he just doesn't have it anymore. I completely agree with Jennifer. Zeke's toast. He's just done. You can see it on the field. You could see it last year. It was be the beginning of the end. Pollard, anytime you watched a Cowboys game and you saw a Cowboys running back go off for a big play, it wasn't Zeke. It was Tony Pollard. Um, now, that being said, where I would draft Tony Pollard, I would probably be comfortable somewhere around the fourth or fifth round. Okay. Um, That's probably where that he falls. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, you know, any, anything more than that, you're really, you're paying for the ceiling and that's, that's a losing recipe when it comes to fantasy. So I think he's worth the risk around the fourth or fifth round. Love it, boys. Jaguars, they franchise tight end Evan Ingram. Is it wheels up here on Ingram for you, Jay? Because I like this move. There's a lot of rumors that they could be looking into the rookie tight end market in the NFL draft coming up here in April. Uh, I like Evan Ingram as a locked and loaded top end tight end one here moving forward. Do you as well? I do like him as a tight end one. Um, granted, that's not hard. I think any of us could be a tight end one if we played uh, football with Trevor Lawrence. Um, that being said, I was, I was upset when we lost Evan Ingram. Um, the Giants fans gave him way too much hate. Granted, I yeah. probably gave him some hate too with some of his drops, especially against the Eagles. Um, but I think he was just, uh, I would love to have had Evan Ingram with Brian Dable. But that being said, I do still really like Evan Ingram. I feel like his ceiling is going to be a little bit capped with adding Calvin Ridley to the team. Certainly, you know, certainly. yeah, Calvin Ridley got, uh, Zay Jones who played really well, Christian Kirk who, you know, we all laughed at the contract that they gave uh, Christian Kirk, but man, he performed. Um, so I'm with you. I think he's somebody who you can be comfortable starting every week. Um, but I think his ceiling is just a little capped because of Calvin Ridley. Now, you know, that could Calvin Ridley hasn't played in almost two years, so we don't know what he's going to look like on the field. Um, long-term, I think Evan Ingram is going to be fine. He really had some chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he had a nose for the touchdown with him as well. So, Okay. I'm with you. I, I like Evan Ingram. Okay, and, and let's let's add a layer to this here discussion. Let's talk about Calvin Ridley reinstated by the NFL after being a year out of the league for his gambling uh, occurrence that he had. And I think adding a dynamic wide receiver like Calvin Ridley, the Jaguars could realistically be 
a top one or two offense in the league last year, top three in yards per game and top five in points per game as well. I think they can add some O line help, add another running back to, to help alleviate some of the stress back there on ETN. But Scott, do you think that the sky is as high as I do for this Jacksonville Jaguars offense here getting locked and loaded once again for uh, 2023? Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for the Jaguars offense. I mean, it was pretty fun last year and I mean, it just goes to show with, with Lawrence, People were jumping ship way too early uh, after his after his rookie season, you know, with a terrible coaching situation. Mm-hmm. And it shows, you know, with with athletic freak style tight ends, you, sometimes you have to be patient. You know, I mean, Evan Ingram had one season where his drop percentage was brutal. One season. And he's had this drop stigma with him ever since. So I'm glad he found somewhere where it works out. I think they do get a. I think they do end up getting a long-term deal with him. There's incentives on both sides to get a long-term deal done. I mean, with with Evan Ingram, obviously he would get more money, more security. The Jaguars, you know, if they do a long-term deal, then they have that flexibility to work with work with their cap number because they're currently five with this franchise signing. They're five million uh, over the cap, um, and so you know, sign, signing a long-term deal that's part of that incentive because you can move money around and you can, you, you know, can free up cap space. So, and he's still relatively young uh, in the tight end world, at least. Certainly. Yes. So, um, and yeah, I mean, I think maybe his ceiling's a little bit capped by all the different pass catchers they have, but he's one of their prominent pass catchers. And he, like, like you said, has a chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. So I'm, I'm super excited just because the Jaguars have always just kind of been a team I root for. They're just kind of fun. Like they had that, they had a little ball, stretch baby. They good. They had that stretch where their DST was was like the number one DST. Mm-hmm. It was super fun. And I mean, I'm just I, I got annoyed with how quickly people were just dumping Trevor Lawrence. Like, oh yeah, best prospect since Manning my ass. It's like, well, come on, give him a second. If sec. they knew what they were talking about, Peyton Manning had a terrible first rookie year. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm down and I'm I'm curious to see. I mean, I don't it's hard to tell with somebody like Ridley who you know, obviously was not playing football and it was not an injury related issue. So it, it, curious to see how he does out of the gate. Okay. Want to address the chat for a little while. We got Didi in the chat tonight saying, hello, hello boys. Good to see you Didi. Thanks for tuning in. We got steel over on Facebook saying Zeke cut hot take. Yeah. That's been floated around there steel. But uh, as Brad says here in the chat, Jerry does love him some Z. Exactly. So. That's and Jerry. I think Jerry won't let it happen. Yeah, his ego's too big. He's it, an you know? Yes. And then uh, Dave in the chat with maybe the maybe the take of the day says, "I'm yeah, a Popeye's made... biscuit away from a tight yeah, end." You're making me hungry, Dave. Yeah, I love a good Popeye's super biscuit. hungry with that. Combo. Go for a, a spicy chicken sandwich with Popeye's and a biscuit. Well, the timing of this podcast, I always end up eating dinner after over yes. here on the West Coast, so I'm very hungry after that. <laughs> Jennifer saying she can't blind by Ridley and she loved him. And yeah, I, I'm, yeah. Pro- I'm probably with you. Like I have Ridley in a lot of leagues right now. Cause I, I loved him as well, Jennifer. So I'm going to sit on him where I have him, but I'm probably not going to go out and actively acquire him. However, I will take the shot in some redrafts. 100%. Because I tried I to, who this guy I tried is. to, I, I chose some times to try and pounce and low ball for him during this past season. Uh, but it, my league mates sniffed it out right away. They're yeah, like, no, 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 yeah. No. So I'm with you. And <laughs> honestly, maybe potentially sell him. I mean, I don't really think his value is going to get higher than this. I feel like people like I'm with you guys. I I, I love Calvin Ridley. I think oh, he's wow. a great talent. I still think that he's going to come out and produce. But you know, a lot of times you see this situation where somebody comes back from injury, somebody you know comes back from a suspension, or you know the and 
everybody's imagination is just running wild at, you know, what they could potentially do, you know, you might be able to get a pretty, pretty good trade package. Especially if, uh, after this news that he's officially right, been reinstated. Right, but exactly. no matter what, he's going to be a bit of a gamble. Yep. You get it? <laughs> All right. Some more news, guys. Giants, they franchise Saquon Barkley, signed Daniel Jones to a four-year $140 million deal. How do we feel about this? Jay, I want to start with you as the residential red and blue Italian blood out there on the show tonight. QB nine in 16 games for Daniel Jones scored 36 plus points in fantasy championships. Let a lot of people walk home with that title. He was thrown to Isaiah Hodgins. He, who we learned is a dog. Isaiah Hodgins is a dog, sure. but Richie James and Darius Slayton. Uh, is it only up from here for Danny Dimes? And how do you feel as a Giants fan as well? I don't know. Uh, I honestly don't know. I'm still trying to process it. I've been, I've been so back and forth on Daniel Jones, his entire career with the Giants. Um, yeah. Also a Duke fan, as you guys know. So like, oh, I should have been ecstatic when we drafted him. So like, and I, I always thought I've said from day one, I, I don't mind that we drafted Daniel Jones. I don't like where we drafted him. I would have rather drafted him later in the set um, with a 17th pick. We had two picks that year. Um, that being said, I think it makes sense. Um, I'm not necessarily happy about it. I do think we overpaid just a little bit, but as hard as it is to get a productive quarterback in this yes. league, I feel like we kind of had to do it. Um, kind of, you know, I would have loved the Giants to give up two picks to go get Lamar Jackson, but I don't think that was ever in the cards. Um, from the the full contract details haven't come out, but from what it sounds like, it's only going to be an 18, I think 18 and a half uh, million cap hit against uh, the cap this year. So we're able to go out and continue to build on the success that we had this past year. We were able to franchise tag Barkley, hopefully work out something with him. I don't know if I wouldn't be surprised if Barkley holds out. I hope not, but wow. you know, we, we offered him 12 million in the middle of the season. He turned it down. He wants 13 to 14 million. I don't know if we're going to give that to him. Um, but you know what? Daniel Jones is still only 25 years old. And we saw the strides that he made with the team this year. Um, I'm not a homer. I'm not, I'm generally, I'm harder on the giants than, uh, I'm usually more pessimistic than I am uh, optimistic when it comes to the team. And I've been that way with Daniel Jones. I was that way with Eli Manning. Um, I just, I, I'm okay with the move. I'm not happy. I'm okay. not upset. I'm, I'm okay with it. I understand it. And from what it sounds like, it sounds like they can get out from the contract within two years. After two years, I think the cap, it goes down. Um, and there's some extra incentives. It's like 35 million in incentives or something like that. So which I'm good with because if he plays up to those incentives and we're playing winning football, most likely. So, uh, you know, give him some actual weapons to throw to, you know, Wanda Robinson will come back. Hopefully we draft somebody or, you know, sign one of the, even though it is a weak wide receiver free agent class. Um, I still think he's got still has some upside left in him. So, okay. I think as you know, as we know, contracts continue to go up, up and up. I think it's going to be about the norm within the next couple of years about, you know, a, a solid quarterback making roughly 40 million. Awesome. Awesome. Scott, are you willing to take Daniel Jones in that low end QB one high end QB two conversation where he likely lands um, unless we see a lot more quarterback movement this off season, or uh, do you think that's drafting men as ceiling? I don't necessarily think it's drafting him at a ceiling. I mean, I think he's, 
he's going to have better weapons this year. Um, and I mean, one thing, whether you like it or not, you know, one reason he is so valuable is because of his legs. He is, he, he does a lot of damage with his legs. Um, so he, he, you know, in redraft, you know, the whole weight on QB strategy, he'd be one of those later QBs that I would be, you know, if I, if I punted QB early on and filled up other positions of value, he'd be a QB I'd be QB I'd be looking at because with that rushing potential, I mean, and he showed, I mean, last year was a make it or break it year going into the year. It was like, all right, here you go, Daniel Jones. It's, you know, this is going to tell the story and here he is. Maybe they overpaid a little bit, but you know, they made their decision. They drew their line in the sand and they signed their quarterback. You know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out yeah. but with the quarterback roller coaster and unpredictability that's going on across the league right now. They, they solved that problem. At least they don't have to, they don't have to worry about drafting a quarterback. They don't have to worry about trying to sign a free agent with Saquon Barkley. Um, I saw a comment in come up. Um, I believe he, they get a long-term deal done. I, I realize that, you know, paying a running back 13 or 14 million. It is a full Zarin most of the time. I mean, let's it look is, around the league Saquon right now. Barkley is a different animal. He is a different running back than most running backs. You know what I mean? With his dual threat, he's just, he's a game. We player. are. He's a, he's a, he's the focal piece of an offense. And I just, I can't see them letting him walk. I can't see them carry the entire team on his quads. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> much all you need to know. I will. I've been, been kind of hesitant of getting any active players jerseys on the giants. Just got a uh, Lawrence Taylor Jersey, but I think if, uh, if they do sign a long-term deal, I think I'll wind up getting, well, you can get a, you can get a Daniel Jones one. It's good for another four years. Mm, no, I'm not, I'm still not, I'm not that sold yet. So, cause get the last Duke, time I did Duke Daniel Jones Jersey. Um, oh, I'm good about that. Well, you never know. I might, maybe I'll do that. But um, last one that I bought was a um, a Odell Beckham Giants Ooh, jersey. He got to okay. wear for half a season, and then he got traded to the Browns. So, been a little uh, burn. I, was, I did like I was like, oh man, I'll get Odell. He's never going anywhere. Yeah, that that was not the case. Hopefully, he'll come back and wear the same number. Then I can start wearing the jersey again. When I was about 12 or 13 years old, um, I was a big Plexico Burris fan. We was on the Steelers, of course, and he goes to the Giants. And the night he shot himself in the foot in the club, I uh, my mom purchased a Plexico Burris jersey for me for Christmas. So oh, by the boy. time I got that for Christmas, Plexico was, uh, yeah. So I, I feel your pain there, Jay. Young, young Seth learned that lesson. Learn that lesson time and time again. I have a, a Nate Washington jersey, a Mike Wallace jersey, an Antonio Brown jersey. My jersey selections do not age well. So Yeah, I've, I've had a couple. Nate I was Washington, pretty lucky man. there. That's, yes, sir. That's a good Nate one. Nate Washington is a pretty pretty risky one. But hey, hey man. On you, a, man. I'm a sucker for those young emerging wide receivers. Um, guys, let's move forward here. Derek Carr signs a four-year, $150 million with the New Orleans Saints. And... I'm honestly a little worried about this, guys, if, if, if I'm going to be honest. Like, I think overall, like, no one's jonesing to draft Derek Carr. He's going to be probably a middle-of-the-road quarterback, too, someone you can stream most weeks. However, I don't think he's going to unlock Chris Olave's ceiling. Carr, historically low touchdown rate, and he's playing with Chris Olave this season, who had 119 targets, 72 receptions, but only four touchdowns. And I don't think with Carr that number's going to go up. So I'm worried that he's going to be right kind of where he was this last year. He was wide receiver 25 in about 14 and a half games. I think he'll probably be 
probably drafted somewhere in that wide receiver 16 or 17 range, which I think is like pretty close to his ceiling. Scott, it, do you have more hope that Derek Carr could mean something to the Saints for fantasy than than I do? Because I think I'm out on this one. I do, and it's not necessarily because I'm a big Derek Carr fan. I mean, I think he's a little better than a lot of people make him out to be. Certainly, um, certainly. I think it was kind of a rough situation and somewhat toxic situation with with um, with the Raiders. So, but th- it's a very it's a fairly simple reason for me that I think it's a it's a it's a positive for the skill position players of the saints is it's an upgrade. It's most definitely a quarterback upgrade compared to last year. I mean, Carr might have a low touchdown rate that, you know, and, and, and some of those stats, but he's a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. Um, in my opinion. I mean, I think, I don't, I don't know if that's, no, that's not real. opinion. That's a fact. I don't yeah, think yeah, that's that, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe not prime Andy Dalton. Prime Andy Dalton was a little bit of a slinger. Yeah. You know, I, I was reading up on this a little bit, and I think there's some Saints fans out there that are like, cool, we signed another quarterback so we could, you know, be eight and uh, nine yeah. for four more years. You know what I mean? Which I get I get that frustration. Um, you know, and I mean, I, I think a potentially a better landing spot for Carr would have been, you know, with the Jets or the Panthers, something like I'm that. I'm good on that. I'm good on um, the Jets. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't see it as a negative just based on who was throwing the ball last year for the Saints. Okay. Jay, do you have any interest in investing heavily in the Saints this year? Because like as long as Pete Carmichael is the offensive coordinator, I mean the guy runs out a 2010 to 2012 style offense mm-hmm. still in the current game. Like that plus Derek Carr is not sexy at all. C- can you like put any juice behind that that maybe I'm not I'm not looking into? I I'm I lean more with Scott. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm I'm willing to invest heavily, but I feel like Derek Carr gets just a little too much hate. Um, he's a year away from, um, excuse me, a year removed from almost throwing for five thousand yards. Um, he, you know, he was a MVP candidate the first couple of years. Certainly, when they were in Oakland, um, I think he's he falls in like the Kirk Cousins range for me. I think that. People let their opinion of the guy get in the way of the production on the field sometimes. Um, not saying he's this amazing quarterback, but I think he's yeah. he's in the top half of quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, and with a guy like Chris Olave, I mean, Scott, you you took the words right out of my mouth. He cannot be worse than Andy Dalton. Um, you know, bearded Andy Dalton. This isn't prime Andy Dalton. It's the guy with the the beard and Buda Baker jumping in the um in the, the touchdown in the background on the Thursday night football, but. I think that um I think the offense is going to be okay. Um, not going to be an explosive offense unless, yeah, that is true. They only had I believe like twenty two, twenty three touchdowns, um, in that twenty twenty one season. So, yeah, I, I definitely see the concern. He's definitely not consistent. Um, it really just depends, you know, if if Michael Thomas is still there. You know, there's talks about him getting cut. You know, if you get a healthy Michael Thomas, you get Chris Olave. Jarvis Landry's on the tail end of his career, but he's a, a decent possession receiver. If they add something else, um, if Kamara's able to stay on the field outside of his legal troubles, he's got some weapons. So, okay, yeah, I guess the way I would put it is like I'm not really that interested in Derek Carr for fantasy, but I'm still very much interested in Chris Olave. Okay, that, yeah, that that yeah, that's I guess basically I the that's fair. Yeah, that's basically the the question here. Um, let's roll on to Geno Smith guys. He gets a three year, $75 million with the Seahawks. 
And we've never really seen this. Ryan Tannehill to some extent, but he at least had some success early in his career before he waited so long to kind of come back and reestablish himself. But Geno Smith in his 30s now, it was such an unprecedented season. I loved it. He was actually one of my sleepers at an end of the year, and he paid off in spades in a lot of my super flex leagues. QB5 on on 2022 season for Geno Smith, but wasn't a QB1 over the last month. Kind of fell off towards the end there, Scott. How do you feel about this, A, as a Seahawks fan, and, and briefly, uh, where do you put him in fantasy football rankings moving forward? Well, as a Seahawks fan and just a fan of cool, good people, I really like this move. Um, I mean, Geno Smith was on a one-year $3.5 million contract last year. Yeah. And he ended up making seven with incentives. But, I mean, talk about just believing in yourself and never quitting. I mean, now he's, you know, $35 million a year with $52 million of that in the first year. I mean, it's just such a, it's such an amazing, great story, and he's such a great just a great person, seemingly a great leader, um, savvy veteran. Um, so I really like the move. I really like the move for the Seahawks. Honestly, a three-year deal is, I think, a great amount of time for this. Um, it you could argue it's maybe a little tiny bit pricey, I guess. But you know, people were pointing at the end of the year and who, the teams that the Seahawks beat weren't that good and statistics. But I mean, there are intangibles and things beyond this, the box score with Geno Smith locker room guy i mean i watched every game obviously you know his his ability to to separate himself from that emotion of the game and just focus on his business even after making mistakes because i think what i think what this allows for the seahawks is they have they have a quarter they have a solid steady quarterback now they can build around for the next couple years but they can also still be on the lookout for their next franchise qb um now whether, now, whether they shock us all and, and take a QB early in this upcoming draft right, or more right. likely a QB in the 2024 draft, you know, Geno Smith would be the perfect person for somebody to learn under as a rookie, in, in my opinion. I just think it's a win-win all around. Um, and as far as fantasy goes, I mean, you know, back end of the, the QB1 conversation, I think. Okay, um, okay. You know, I have I, I would rather have Gino than Daniel Jones. Um, but Ooh, it, you know, okay. they're not too far off from each other. Um, you know, because I mean last year, you know, the offense was efficient. The offense under Geno Smith was efficient. Uh DK Metcalf didn't have the fantasy year that many probably hoped. Tyler Lockett once again was they were still needed. damn good though. They were especially where good. you got them. Lockett got was them. an amazing value. Lockett, last Lockett year. was yeah. great. You know, I think with with Kenneth Walker being the starter from the from the outset. You know, I just I think they have a they have a decent offense, you know, um, and if their if their defense doesn't improve, they're going to be in a lot of shootouts again. <laughs> um, so I like it. I mean, okay. you know, there was talk of the franchise tag with him. There was, you know, there, you, you know, but they got the deal done right in time. And so I think it's a good deal all around. I agree with you 100 percent. Jay, any final thoughts on Geno Smith here? No, I think uh, Scott summed it up perfectly. Pretty much everything I would have said. If there's somebody who I would want to be the quarterback that's going to, um, you know, teach the next generation's quarterback for my team. It's going to be a guy like Geno Smith. All right, guys, let's giddy up. Let's get in some bear in mind or bullshit. This just in breaking news, man, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. <laughs>
All right, bear in mind our bullshit, one of our newer segments here on the show where we tell you, should we be bearing this information in mind for fantasy football consideration, or is it bullshit? Jay, let's start at the top here. We woke up to a news story this morning that, I swear to God, I thought it was fake at first. when I, I first. Know, I, <laughs> I think I first saw it on actually YouTube. I saw a headline on YouTube. I said, no way. Looked it up on Twitter. It was real. Joe Mixon's home reportedly tied to crime scene after gunshots fired. There's some uh, allegedly some adolescents involved here. For me, it's simple here, guys. I think if you weren't already fire selling Joe Mixon because of the cut rumors a couple weeks ago, you have to try to do what you can in dynasty leagues to get rid of him. As far as redraft formats go, Samaj P. Ryan should be on your radar. However, I think, Jay, this is the number one spot for a rookie RB to land. If Miles Sanders is back in Philadelphia, are you with me on that as well? Yes, uh, I'm pretty much with everything you said. The only thing I will add, I believe, and I'm going to look it up now, I think P. Ryan's a free agent, yes. actually. Okay, um, okay. So he might not be back with the team either. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I love Geno, excuse me, I love, I do love Geno Smith, but I also <laughs> love, I also love Joe Mixon. Um, he's another guy who I've been a little higher on, higher on than most, but uh, you kind of have to be concerned with the way that he looked last year. Um, tied with, you know, he had his one big game, but other than that, he wasn't efficient on the ground. Um, you know, like he said, the, the cut rumors are there, you know, when there's now this is going on, he had a, didn't he have another issue a couple weeks ago or something right, like that? The, the week of the playoff game. I'm pretty sure it was the week of the, right. was that the week of the chiefs game or I think it was the chiefs game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, I wouldn't just give him away, but if you can get 75 cents on the dollar, uh, I'd be looking to get rid of Joe Mixon in Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, I think it's a fire sale here. Scott, in other news, Derrick Henry is on the trade block reportedly for the Tennessee Titans. Is this bullshit to you? Do you think the Titans would really get rid of Derrick Henry and kind of reset the clock on their team? Um, and if so, are you panicking? Where's your bullshit meter on this one? I think I lean towards bullshit on this one. I mean, I've read up on this a little bit and it's kind of, there's conflicting reports, whether they're shopping him or not. I mean, this is the kind of typical, the typical stuff that comes out this time of year. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to look at it like, like a pros and cons list, I mean, there are potential pros to, to trading Derrick Henry. I mean, he's going to be a free agent after next season. There we go, Kyle. You know, if you let him walk, you maybe get a couple of compensatory picks, probably third, fourth rounders. So if you do trade him now, you could probably get more than that. Um, but you know, the AFC South is pretty wide open and, you know, he's kind of the heart, you know, they already got rid of AJ Brown, um, last year. So it'd be, it'd be a little bit weird to get, get rid of Derrick Henry this year. And yes, he is approaching that age 30. Uh, I believe he's approaching. I don't think he's there yet. Um, you know, and he's got a lot of wear and tear, but he, he also like Saquon Barkley is a bit of a different animal. Um, everybody keeps expecting the fall off and it really does not happen. The dude looks like he is walking down the street when he is running 20 miles an hour down the field. It's crazy. I've um, been fading Derrick Henry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, you're good. I, I'm one of those people who have been fading Derrick Henry for two years and regretting it every single year. I mean, in dynasty, expecting like, him to fall off. It's a different, it's a different deal in dynasty, obviously. Right. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not like redraft comes around. If I, you know, I'm probably going to be selecting a receiver where Derrick Henry is likely going, but like, yes, I, I mean, one, another year of Derrick Henry is your RB one. Like, it's probably going to work out for you. So I think he stays put. Let's not forget in the years he's been healthy in RB one in four straight seasons. And the year he wasn't in the last five was 2021, where he was still an RB two 
through eight games. Like, like he was an absolute stud, probably one of the best running back seasons we may have ever seen if he never got hurt that season. Um, so a, a lot to consider, but I, I think I'm with you guys. I think it's still like Derrick Henry. He's a hard guy to doubt because he is a different specimen. The hard thing for me to wrap my brain around is I don't know what team is going out, giving up, especially yeah. in such a deep draft class. For an almost 30-year-old running back. yeah, And they're going to have to pay him. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing. He wants a new contract too soon. So I, I don't see see that happening. Jay, is there one team that you think makes sense that could maybe go after Derrick Henry? I heard some rumors of Miami. Now that would now that be, that would maybe make uh, sense. That that would be, I could see insane. you know Tua you know Tua is cleared and healthy. You throw Derrick Henry on that team. Could you imagine that offense? So um, I'm with you guys. I, I lean towards him staying put. But crazy, you know, who would have ever thought that Tyreek Hill would have got traded last offseason and uh, Devontae Adams? So I feel like and it's like the generation of people who grew up playing fantasy football are now getting old enough. Yeah. The GMs and the NFL and they're they're handling it like <laughs> football and yeah. I love I love it we did love everybody loves the trades guys let's move forward to some unfortunate news that came out last week at the NFL Combine Jalen Carter charged with racing in that fatal crash um, out there in Athens a couple months ago and I think now the one thing we can take away from fantasy is a if you're like me and stupidly had first. First overall pick bets on Jalen Carter. I think you can cash those goodbye. I don't think that's going to happen now. I think the Bears do trade this pick at this point. And more from a gambling perspective, I think it's Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, or CJ Stroud that will be this first pick, be a trade. That's where I would be hedging my bets, and I'm going to have to hedge my bets to make a little something back here, Jay. Is there one of those names that sticks out to you that you think is going to go number one and maybe a team that could sneak up there and make that trade with the Bears? I've got a feeling that uh, my hot take is going to be the Panthers trade to that one spot and take Anthony Richardson. Um, since David Tepper has bought the team, he's been searching for that that franchise quarterback. He's not been able to find it. You know, he's tried trading for Sam Darnold and getting Baker Mayfield and nothing like that it's, has worked out. They're close enough where, you know, it won't cost a, a franchise crippling amount to make that move. And as we saw, man, Anthony Richardson, he's got, you know, his, he's probably got the lowest floor out of those three, but he's got the highest ceiling. I mean, he's just – he's an athletic freak. Uh, fastest a, quarterback uh, 40 ever. I mean – Yeah. He's a, he's a faster Cam Newton. Right. A faster himself, and more athletic Cam Newton. He's, he Pretend, called I mean, him, what, I, Cam Jackson, right? Is that what I'm he called himself? I'm just looking at the athletic metrics, not yeah, his yeah. throwing ability yet necessarily. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's what – if uh, that's my hot take, I think uh, I could see the Panthers making that move and drafting Anthony Richardson. If you made this bet a little over 10 days ago, Jay, I think Anthony Richardson was about plus 5,000 to go number one overall. Those odds are under plus 600 in most of these books, but I, I, it sounds like you'd still be comfortable with that number as well. Yeah, I'd take the shot. I think it's worth it. All right, Jay's taking the shot here. Scott, I want to test the bullshit meter again with you. At one of the wilder rumors we heard, and from such a reliable source as well, our guy Rich Eisen comes out this week and drops us that the number one rumor he heard around the combine, Tom Brady, rumored to return to the NFL once again, this time possibly eyeing the Miami Dolphins, where he was uh, alleged to be doing some tampering a couple seasons ago. Is this some bullshit, Scott? 
Yeah, this is bullshit. This is total bullshit. It's Rich Eisen, though, Scott. I don't. Is... I know it's Rich Eisen. I, I get it, but I still think it's total bullshit. Like, I don't. I mean, what the Dolphins are just gonna tell Tua to, hey, hold on a second, we're gonna have Brady come in. Then, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So, and Brady, I mean, of course, if Brady's coming back, he's not gonna admit to it. So, him him denying it isn't necessarily proof that it's bullshit. But he did deny it. But he got a cat. So, in a I mean... weird Tom Brady way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> okay. Jay, any additional thoughts on possibly seven time, AKA the goat coming back? Do you think yeah. there's any truth behind it? No, I don't think there's any truth behind it. And I think Rich Eisen is still one of the most reliable sources. He very well may have heard this. That doesn't yeah. mean that it's, it's not still BS. But even okay. Rich Eisen needs clicks, man. Right. Well, and that's I would... what I was thinking too. I said, <laughs> would Rich really do me like that? You know? And I would it like is to bizarre. Say, I mean, the, the source is the only little e- inkling of really, but I just no, no. And I just want to throw in there that um, Eli Manning beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. So just thank you, thank you. I appreciate that, Jay. Uh, guys, last one here. Aaron Rodgers has been given permission by the Green Bay Packers to speak with the New York Jets, and all I'm going to say, boys, is giddy the fuck up. Garrett Wilson, already an 1,100-yard receiver with a combination of Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Mike White. And now he could be getting Aaron Rodgers here. Uh, We haven't heard Aaron Rodgers on Pat in the last couple of weeks. And, like, I am dying to hear Aaron Rodgers speak. And how was the darkness retreat? What did you learn? What's going on? I don't think we'll hear anything from Rodgers directly about this situation until it's resolved. Um but are you guys as excited for me, Scott? Are, are, are you getting the fuck up as well? Yeah. And, and I mean, I think this is bear in mind. I don't think this is bullshit. I mean, like it's no, it's no secret that I mean, it's hard to tell. You know, we don't we weren't in the room for any of the conversations. But, you know, the, 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 the feeling is Aaron Rodgers has wanted out of Green Bay at various times over the last few years. Uh, I would love to see him go to the Jets, honestly, which is a really weird thing to say right now. But mm-hmm. it's true. Um, the selfish fantasy player in me wants him throwing the ball to Garrett Wilson, wants him throwing and handing the ball off to Brees Hall. Yes, please. Wants him un- potentially unlocking Elijah Moore. Um, there it you is. You know what I mean? Like, I just think- I was say everybody's all over Garrett Wilson. This, the move right now is to go trade for Elijah Moore. He's going to cost I mean, you could, you could get a Elijah lot Moore less. For, for, you, you, they could pay you to take Elijah Moore off their team. I traded yeah. uh, for Elijah Moore from our boy Herms in a league. Um, Okay. Earlier, and it was it was earlier in the season. It was uh, in the middle of season. I think I gave him Chase Claypool in like a second or something like that for. That's risky. That's risky. Okay. um, Thank you. There, there was more to it than that, but that was the core of it. So I'm, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm betting on an Elijah Moore bounce back. So it's not, yeah, and it's not super out of the realm of possibility this year because I mean, I don't think it's going to take a hundred thousand first round picks to get Aaron Rodgers anymore. You know what I mean? Like. He would he would have been more. He would have been more. He's still going to command a price. Don't get me wrong, but like, I don't think it's it's not it's not ridiculous Deshaun Watson type money and guaranteed guarantees. Um, So I'd love to see it happen, man. We got Jen in the chat. She's saying uh, Eisen has been a little weird over the last two weeks. Uh, Thinks that the this Jets Jets drama has her uh, a little bit frazzled. And then uh, we, we got Dave in the chat saying, giddy up. He's ready for it. Jen saying, Garrett Wilson, 1,500 yards, easy. Some Elijah Moore love from Jen as right, well. Jen. 
Shout out Herms from our guy Dave. Appreciate everyone so Herms. active in the chat. Shout out Dave too. Dave's a great guy. I love yeah. Dave. Absolutely. And I can just imagine like Woody Johnson getting on his jet. He's getting all ready. Roberts in there ready to go. Nathaniel Hackett strapping in. And old Gary V's probably stowed away on that train as well. Because I guarantee like if there's one guy the jet should should have loaded up on this plane ride out to Cali to speak with him. It's Gary V boys, the most passionate jets fan out there. Uh, possibly the future owner of the team as well. So I hope Gary V was out there. Jay, what do you think? Yeah. hundred percent. There we go. Gary V baby. All right, guys, that was uh, a lot of information and a little bit of time. Let's go ahead and round out the show here with rave rookie reviews. Jay Sorry. is feeling it, baby. He's... I got caught up in the fist pump, you know. Yeah. The Italian in me, it's just, it happens. <laughs> Jersey Shore fist pump, baby. Let's go. Guys, we're going to profile two rookies, and we're going to review the new Morgan Wallen album for you in this segment. Spice things up a little bit. Give us your guys' opinions if you are in the chat with us. If you want to drop a YouTube comment as well, let us know what you guys think about it. First one I want to spotlight here is Anthony Richardson. This comes from our guy, HooveTube, who wrote this for us, put it mm. on the website. Uh, appreciate him in the chat tonight. And listen, guys, we know the story about Anthony Richardson. We talked about him a little bit earlier. This was his first full-time season as the starter. He had great performances, like week one versus Utah, electric, SEC player of the week, got it done, took home the upset, but he didn't throw a passing touchdown until week four, finished this season with over 2,500 passing yards, 600 rushing yards, so it does have that dual threat ability, 26 total TDs, and nine picks Comes to the combine, as Jay alluded to, runs the third fastest 40 ever. Best vertical jump and broad jump ever for a quarterback. And he joins Dante Culpepper and Cam Newton as the only quarterbacks to score a 10 relative athletic score. Guys, I mean, the hype is building, but can we ignore the lack of college production here? There's a lot of rumors out there that maybe... Anthony Richardson could be slipping up into the 102 range in dynasty rookie drafts that use a super flex format or two quarterback format. Scott, are you buying the hype? Yes, I am. I'm a, oh! I'm, I'm a, I, I am a purchaser of this hype. Um, you know, and I mean, I get it. Like the production, there's red flags. It's iffy. And I'm not going to be the, I'm, you know, everybody goes to like, well, Josh Allen. It's like, well, that's one guy. Yeah. I'm not going to use Josh Allen for me. The way I saw it put by by some people that I look up to, because um, I do hold the one one hundred two in a dynasty league. Oh, okay. And okay, I'm very heavily considering taking him, or if somebody gets a little bit more into the hype than me, having Bijan Robinson fall in my lap if Anthony Richardson goes one hundred one in superflex. Um, so the reason I'm buying the hype, and it's it's a big risk, especially if you're investing in dynasty a, a one one hundred two, is his ceiling could be higher than anything we've ever seen. Um, could be. Um, 
I mean, one of the most athletic combines for a quarterback ever. Um, and to me, like the risk of that type of advantage, I, that's the way I play. I'm going to probably take that risk over a safer quarterback like Stroud or Bryce Young at this point. Um, I could bite me in the ass and I could be totally wrong and my team could pay for it for a few years, but you know what? Life will go on. I'm going to be alive still. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, I'm not playing in huge high stakes leagues. So I, it's the type of risk I like taking. Um, I mean, I'm not there yet. We'll see, you know, we'll see where he goes in the draft. That'll tell us a lot. I mean, I think he's probably cemented himself as a first round pick in the NFL draft. I don't um, think he gets past Indy at four boys. I no, really I don't, think, don't. I don't think he gets, you know, that's what earlier when I said, if the Seahawks shock everybody and take us, take a quarterback early in this draft, part of that is like, Ooh, what if Anthony Richardson is sitting there at five? Ooh, it's been, do do? I've him, heard the rumors have of him that. learn under Gino for a few years. Ooh, boy. Um, but yeah, D Toronto Dave puts it exactly, exactly right. Like that's what I'm going to do. Um, my, my, uh, I have a little bit of a metaphor comparison here. I used to play a lot of golf. And I remember I was playing golf with two strangers one day and I could not hit the drive straight. I sliced it into the woods every time. Okay. So yep. I got but, a mean slice as well, Scott. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got a big <laughs> slice, but 10th hole, I kind of, I shortened up and I just kind of hit a nice, easy shot about 150 yards up. And they're like, what are you doing, man? They don't know me. I'm like, Oh, I just, you know, I want to, they're like, are you going for some court kind of course record here? Like <laughs> swing away, man, like swing away, you know, don't, don't just, throw it in the middle just so you can yeah it, and that's kind of how i think about this you know now scott was it just like two random people and you just walked up and said hey let's play some golf no i i went i went to the course alone and they paired they put me with them they were really I nice guys you. okay it's cool. like dude what are you doing like you like cool. that you're going for a low score here like right swing swing the club and they were right they were right yep. you know percent um and that's kind of how i look at this so um i mean he's done everything he there's there's not much more to analyze like production wise or athletic wise, we've seen it. We have draft capital and landing spot left. So, I mean, I don't see that swaying me away from him necessarily. Cause I think he's going pretty early. So me personally with the one Oh two, I'm way more excited about having the one Oh two right now than I was two weeks ago because of that, because of that, or possibly getting Bijan, maybe who knows? Yeah. And Jay, obviously we hear at the combine that this guy knows football. He loves football and he was one of the best interviews at the position for these NFL teams that talk to him. But as who points out in his rookie profile struggles to read defenses at times, apparently struggles with short passes and occasionally is overthrowing receivers because of his rotation on the ball. So powerful. Can you look past that as well with Scott and are you buying into this hype? Scott, I'm with you, buddy. I'm all in everything that I've seen. Now, full disclosure, like I said earlier, I'm not a huge college guy, so I haven't really watched him. Um, but if you look at the profile, you look at what the NFL is today, um, the biggest thing for Richardson is going to be getting on a team that builds around his strengths. Um, we've seen it with Jalen Hurts. We've seen it with Lamar Jackson. You can have success with guys – um, well, uh, you know what? I'm going to take Lamar Jackson back because Lamar Jackson is a fantastic passer and Jalen Hurts took a step forward. But guys who aren't necessarily the best passers, if you build the system around them to their strengths, they can have success. Um, I think he's, you know, I play the same way. I want to, uh, you know, I'm not playing to finish fourth or fifth. I'm playing to win it all. So 
give me uh you know give me the guy with the highest upside you know sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't yeah the saints can take Derek carr i'll take anthony richardson <laughs> okay all right <laughs> fair enough guys you're getting up over there for ar scott let's talk about our next rookie here let's talk about jamar gibbs Obviously had a great career at Georgia Tech uh, for the Yellow Jackets, which really has been an abysmal program the last couple of years. Transfers to Alabama for this last season and takes off. What do you know about Gibbs? What do you and our guy Joseph Griffin, who put together this profile over on the site, like and dislike about the man? Well, I like Gibbs as a dual threat. Um, you know, I mean, this day and age, uh, uh, running back with his receiving skills is a super valuable thing in the NFL. He's a little on the smaller side. Like, you know, there's this arbitrary cutoff of 200 pounds that gets used. And if somehow, if you're one pound under that, it sets off it's a over. Of alarm bells. It's over. He, yeah. did, he did weigh in at 199 at the combine. Everybody's like, dude, just eat two more pancakes in the morning. Come on. <laughs> um, so, I mean, his size, it, it, it is something you can't ignore. I was listening to JJ Zacharyson, who's one of my favorites. And he was talking about that and he extended the weight up to 210 and looked at historical hit rates for running backs of his size, not, you know, up to 210. So it's not that arbitrary 200 pounds and it's not a fantastic list of running backs. However, I think he is the type that can buck that type of trend with his talent. I really liked the comparison because a lot of people have been talking about Alvin Kamara. And again, I'm stealing this from JJ, but Alvin Kamara is bigger than, than Gibbs. Alvin Kamara, oh, I don't yeah. think people yes. realize how big Kamara is. Um, and I, I think that, you know, I, I'm not ready to say Gibbs will be Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles is one of the there best running backs ever, but they're the exact same size and they have a very, very similar skill set. So that, that's what I see as his potential ceiling. Um, and he's pretty comfortably my RB2 in this class after Bijan. Um, so I like it. I mean, you know, he's probably not going to be your bell cow. He's probably not going to be a two, no. three down guy. But no. that doesn't really exist anymore. Um, I think he could be one of those guys, you know, similar to Kamara's role, even though he's not quite the same, you know, body type and player as Kamara, but similar to that type of role where a lot of passing work, but a focal point. Okay. Jay, how do you feel about Gibbs here? And would you be considering him, let's take Superflex out of the equation, just a normal dynasty rookie draft or a redraft league? After Bijan, is he your highest rookie that you would be taking? I would probably still go with JSN just because okay. of the shelf life of running backs. I think Bijan is, you know, a Saquon Barkley type that it doesn't matter what the uh, the shelf life is. You take that guy you, as fast as you can. Um, you know, there's, there's been some concern with, uh, JSN about, you know, his top end speed, but I mean, look what I could see him having production along the lines of Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, is uh, a guy playing in the slot over the middle. Great. You know, comp. Great. Comp. Right. So I would probably still have to go him. I, I love Gibbs. Um, don't get me wrong. And like you said, Scott, like there's, um, yeah, I think Gibbs will be running back as well. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know um, running back. Yeah. Yep. Last time I checked. <laughs> um, sorry. That threw me no, I get what Hoop's saying. I get what he's saying. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I don't even remember what I was just about to say. So um, yeah, I like Gibson. Oh, Scott, like you were talking about the bell cow. He's not going to be running back. Bell, bell cows don't exist. I mean, it's, it's been a long time since that's been the case. And similar to, you know, people get caught up with, you know, 
not wanting the likes of T. Higgins and Jalen Waddle because they're not the one on their team. There's enough the way that the NFL is played these days. The, there's enough yes. offense where you yes. can have two running backs, you split a backfield and put up fantastic numbers. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm all on Gibbs. If if uh, if I need a running back, then yeah, I would go with Gibbs. But um, I'd probably put him just behind JSN. Okay. Appreciate that analysis. Appreciate everyone in the chat as well. I mean, they're Chat's just, been fun tonight. Yeah. Oh, they are going off. A lot of biscuit talk, a lot of Popeye's biscuit, extra honey <laughs> talk here. Uh, Hoob asking Dave to keep it PG in here. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is an adult program. Like, we do put the explicit tag on the podcast when we put it out. So you guys are allowed to, you know. Speaking of honey, have you guys ever heard of a, a restaurant called PDQ? It's a chicken no. place. So no, it's a what place is called. Uh, it's basically think of, it's it's in the same vein of a uh, uh, Popeyes or a Chick Fil A or something along those lines. But reason I'm bringing it up is they have you know everybody's got their own chicken sandwich. They do theirs. They do a spicy chicken sandwich. The may the um, but they put honey on top of it. And oh my, I've heard goodness. of this. I've Oof. I've heard of that concept. I've never. I've also heard of honey on pizza. And I think it's Ooh, a little bit more that. of a West Coast Southern thing where I where I see the honey used. I would love I to know. try it. I'm I a chicken connoisseur. I love chicken sandwiches, spicy chicken sandwiches. Jay, you, you're what? North Carolina, right? North Carolina, yep. So you probably got banging chicken sandwiches oh, down man. there. The food, yeah. The food here is phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah, we we uh, we got invited to a wedding here uh, in the next year down in that area. And I said, oh, I have. Do you know I've what always- part? I don't. I let don't. me know because man, I'd love to uh, love yes. to see you. Yes, we'll definitely get together. We'll definitely hit up some chicken sandwiches. Um, and guys, we're gonna round out the show here. We this is rave rookie reviews. We normally like to review some type of TV show, a movie. Nate got sick, so I just asked these guys to take a listen to the new Morgan Wallen album and to help introduce it. Uh, we're gonna bring in Kyle, audio editor extraordinaire. Kyle, pop on here. The pretty face. What's going on, Kyle? H- how's the show been from the back end so far, bud? I'm Is my back end all right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's it's great. I mean, I've been busy with the chat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. They're, they're making you earn your paycheck today. Kyle, why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, what we're going to be reviewing today? So we are reviewing Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time. It's his third studio album. It was released March 3rd. It is 36 songs. 36, baby. Two hours. <laughs> yes. A deeply personal album that combines his musical influences, country, alternative, and hip hop. Okay. All right. So, give you guys a little bit of background here. I- I'm seeing some new faces in the chat tonight. I'm seeing s- some new people popping in. So, we do like to combine lifestyle and- with our fantasy sports here. So, that's kind of why we're-, we're bridging out here a little bit. And to, to tell you more about this album, like this was the most streamed country album in a single day ever by a male artist. So Morgan's kind of bringing the country back here. Largest streaming debut of any genre in 2023. Jay, you're from the South. So I'm going to guess that you like country music more than Scott. I know Scott's, you know, affiliation with the Wu-Tang Clan and rap. How did you feel about this album and Morgan Wallen kind of in general? So I had a, a pretty, pretty heavy country phase in right after high school. Oh, you know, listen to it. Growing up in North Carolina, 
always had, you know, some some country music. Yes, sir. My family, I was originally, I was born in New York, so my family, um, my parents were more along the lines of the classic rock and stuff like that. And I listened to to rap and I, very eclectic taste, listened to a little bit of everything. But I got really, really deep into country um, in my college years. I actually, I don't think I've ever told you guys this. There was a while I was a country music Spotify influencer. I had a playlist what? that had... Um, over 7,000 followers and would have artists reach out to me. I still have them reach out to me, asking me to put their songs on my playlist and what? send what? me some music. I said, I had send me bottles of whiskey and what? t-shirts and stuff like that. Yep. What a so, reveal this is. Yeah. Yep. So um, I granted, I don't really listen to a whole lot of country as much. I'm more into um, contemporary Christian these days, but I've always loved Morgan Wallen since his debut album. I, I love a sound. I love when an artist is able to cross those different genres and put them together. And it doesn't sound fake. It, it's authentic. Um, Cause he's as authentic as they come. Um, I love, and I will say even before, uh, you know, I told you I hadn't really listened to the album. I did hear 98 Braves before oh. I hopped on. And oh. that is, that is such a cool song as much as, you know, growing up, I was a huge, you know, Yankees fan. I'm a huge baseball fan. So I like, just hearing like, and he nails it. Like, you know, talking about the big three and, and keeping up with the Joneses and comparing it to his breakup. Like it's just, man, that I love it. Like it, it, it was fantastic. It's I'm going to go through and um, I'm going to listen to this entire album. I haven't had a chance to yet, but I, I jumped around on a couple different songs, but 98 Braves just really stuck out to me. Wow. I, this is incredible. We picked the right person to do this today. I think it was all part of the plan for Nate to get sick. No offense, Nate. Wish you were here, buddy. Um, glad to hear it. Kyle, you are not a country music fan at heart. Did you give Wallen a try? Any thoughts, feedbacks? You're a baseball fan, though. So did he play into your heart with that song? Yeah, I didn't listen to the full album as well, but I did listen to 98 Braves. It's one of the songs you specifically recommended. I did. Yes, I did. Uh I am a big baseball fan, but I'm also a big Mets fan. And uh, hearing someone <laughs> uh, wax poetic about the late 90s Braves made me want to throw up personally. Uh, <laughs> I hate Chipper Jones with a passion. Oh, no. It, it, was the year they, it was the year they lost. So I don't yeah. care. I hope they lose every year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I think no, the I reason think. I liked it is because the Yankees won the World Series that year. So oh. it was okay to they beat the Padres. So okay. who beat the Braves? Okay. Scott also beat the Mets in 2000. But. Scott, you obviously, again, not really, I don't think, a country music fan. Did you give this, this album a shot at all? Any feedback that, that you can uh, give to our uh, listeners out there tonight? I'm not going to come off well here. Um, so I did give it a little bit of a try. I definitely didn't listen to the whole thing. Yeah. I do kind of dig the song last night. Okay. Okay. I yeah. like, kind of liked that song because it didn't really sound like a country song. Yeah. Yeah. Which leads me to my, I don't like country music. I never have. Like I, I also listen to a whole slew of different types of music with a couple of exceptions, country being one of them. I just, it's not my thing. Um, and it's not necessarily like, I mean, I'm the first to say like country music and hip hop music are way closer to each other than like hip hop is to rock and roll yeah, or country absolutely. is to rock and roll. I get that. I just have never been into it. 
So in 98 Braves, I mean, okay, the chorus, just bear with me here. The chorus is. You got to sing it. If we were a team and love were a game, we'd be the 98 Braves. Uh, yeah, that's a great that analogy. to vomit in my lap. I think that's a great analogy. <laughs> I think you're full of shit right I now. I think that is about as cheesy. Let as me ask you this, Scott. Have you ever been to a country concert? Which no. I can, okay. I mean, I'm. I, I, that's what I changed it for me. Maybe okay. That is what changed it for me. I was not a big country fan. For me, until most I... of the songs I listened to just sounded the same to me. And that's kind of what it is with country. Go to a Kenny um, Chesney concert. That'll change things for you. You know, I like some of the older country stuff, but just, it's just, I'm not, I'm not into it. Like the first song is called Born with a Beer in My Hand. Hey, like, man. Come on. Hey, all what? right. All right. Come all on. Right. All right. So anyway, we... but I do like the song last night. Okay, we got Jen. She's saying Mets fan here. This is an appropriate reaction. Look, a lot of Mets fans out there. I... One other thing I want to say real quick, just to maybe yes. make people not like me more, is I've always found also that like no matter what genre it is, when people try and incorporate sports into their lyrics, oh, I love it. Players to me, it always comes off. Oh, okay, all right. So you probably don't like the song Tennessee fan as well. Um, love that song. So. I will. Uh, I, I won't lie, guys. I love country music. It, I'm kind of like Jay. Like it wasn't until probably like I, I always grew up on it, but I didn't really love it until probably like mid to late high school. And ever since then, like I've had an on and off relationship with it because like when Kyle and I were in college in like 2016, 2017, it went through like a really bad phase where it was like the bro country. You know, it was Florida Georgia Line, Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean. Like those were the guys. So, like to have Morgan Wallen and like Luke Combs kind of resurrected has really meant something to me. Um, and just all the other younger guys kind of coming up, who's kind of come through this, you know, social media generation with, with the music, but I've really enjoyed it. I put out my power rankings of, of this album on, uh, on Twitter over the weekend, not well received by some people, well received by other people. Um, but the consensus, when I talked to a lot of friends about this album, it was like, People think of Morgan Wallen as like a country, upbeat, bangers type of guy. And there were those songs on this album, 100%. Whiskey Friends, probably my favorite, a little more upbeat. Um, but there were some like the more sadder, more reflective songs. 98 Braves, we talked about that one. Man Made a Bar featuring Eric Church, North Carolina guy there for you, Jay. That yes, was a really cool song as well. Overall, like this is a song it makes or an album that makes me want to do a lot of different things. Sometimes I hear it wants me to like call up my boys and be like, Hey, like, let's get together. I was actually sitting down at the bar with them uh, this weekend and I got on the touch tunes and just started playing this album. Cause it was, you know, and it was good background music. Um, but then there's also songs, you know, make me want to, you know, sit down and hang out, hang out with my girlfriend as well. So like there, there's a lot of different feelings that come on this album, but definitely give it a shot. Um, nonetheless. So I will, guys, agree, I will agree there. It did make me want to do other things. <laughs> 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 and you mentioned Luke Combs. Another fun fact: the uh, the guy who wrote Hurricane, I uh, went to high school with him. He's from my hometown. I uh, he what's his name? What's his Taylor name? Phillips. I yes, I've heard that name. Okay, yeah, yep, awesome. he's uh, he's from my hometown. Went to had a couple classes with him. He was a couple years after me, but um, you know, I know know him. I'm what, still I'm still reeling from Jay being Spotify famous. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Like wow. I was for a while there, That's and then I just cool. gave it up. I might then have... I got into fantasy content creation. Now and... you're fantasy famous. 
Yeah, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I might have to tap into you, Jay, because I, I do uh we, we do our regular powerful playlist column. So I might be tapping into that country brain of yours, all right? Yeah, man, absolutely. It's been a while. I need some refreshers, but I can uh you know, two thousand eight to two thousand seventeen, that that was my uh my country heyday. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, we appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. If you guys are new to the channel, please give this video a thumbs up, subscribe, come back, hang out with us. We got a slew of content coming your way right now. Three days a week between, or three shows a week between this show, the 19th hole, our DFS and PGA podcast, which you guys should be listening to that too. They just hit a 250 to one last week. It was great. The NASCAR show, the back row with Ellie and I on Thursday nights as well. We're ripping and roaring. We're making some money for people as well. And then here at the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, every Tuesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. And Jay, please tell us one more time how we can best support you as we uh, head into a new league year here just around the corner. You can find me on Twitter at GmanJ, but the best way you can support me, go to our YouTube channel, uh, Front Yard Fantasy. Got a morning show Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. Um, I was telling somebody yesterday that we, the way that I like to describe it now, it's Pat McAfee meets Whose Line Is It Anyway? Um, just like to have a little bit of fun, not take ourselves too seriously. Good fantasy advice, but we make you laugh with poop jokes. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Well, Jay, keep being yourself, man. Keep up with the uh, the, the front yard fantasy gang. Maybe bring back some country playlists. I'm, I'm ready for it. Kyle, we, yeah, absolutely. Kyle, we appreciate you being here in the back end, my man, and Scott as well. We'll see you guys next time. Until then, keep it in between.